0: Hi, I'm Warwick, and I'm the host of the Kiwi Advisor Network podcast. Today, we've got a great episode. It's a little bit longer than what we normally do, but there's just so much good stuff in there. Uh, I had a conversation with Craig Pope, and he's been in the industry a long time, and he's done uh, something a lot of advisors haven't done, which is build up a business and then sell it. Uh, So he talks about that journey, um, as well as starting out from scratch at uh, the age of 51. So it's, uh, it's a really... I think there's so much value for everybody in here. It is, like I said, like a little bit longer, but definitely worth persevering. There's also some really good tips in there for how to market yourself. You know, he's, he's gone through marketing his business in the early stages to using only the stuff that he found really valuable later, in, later on in his journey when he started from scratch again. Um, he also jumps into parts about uh, hiring staff. How to remunerate them, you know, the whole salary plus uh, commission model and what's worked for him. There's even some parts in there about uh, outsourcing some of your support staff to do uh, personal errands, such as uh, buying uh, your wife's gifts. So um, there's it was really fun. I, I had a great conversation with him and really enjoyed it. I think you will too. Um, you can check this out on YouTube, which is, if you're engaging with it now, you might also want to know that you can also view this and listen to it through Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. Um, remember, this counts towards your CPD hours, which I think is a really easy way to take off some of those points. And also, you can always ask, but uh, if, you, if you do know somebody that would benefit or get value from this, please share it on. It, it really helps here because we get the new counts up, means we can invest more time and energy and money into it. So uh, sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast. I've like got my dog, uh, who I thought would be fun to put her up on the, the hot seat next to me for this introduction, wants to get down. So uh, we'll jump straight into it. Craig, Hi. Thank, thank you so much for joining us today, coming all the way oh, up from good. Wellington to, yeah. to have a chat. Um, I think a good place always to start is just to tell us about how you got into the industry and what your kind of journey's been up until this point.
1: Yeah, well, it's been a, you know, it's been a bit of a ride, interesting journey, and I've gone full circle on a couple of things. But um, yeah, I guess the I started out in the industry back in 2005, Um I bought a, an approved mortgage broker's franchise. Um, an interesting thing was at the time I didn't come from a, a banking background like a lot of brokers do. What were you doing? Um, um, well, I, I worked as a business development manager for a vehicle leasing company, so just uh, leasing cars to big corporates and, and government. Um, so, And I had a rental property or two at the time and I just sort of I wanted to I guess I wanted to earn more. <laughs> I think I was in my late twenties or something, and or no, probably early thirties. And you know, just felt I could do better. And um, had used a mortgage broker, and and um, was you know reasonably good with numbers. And new property, and and mortgage being a mortgage broker to you know to increase my income was a was a good fit. Um, and the yeah the approved mortgage brokers franchise back then there was. A you know, there was quite a few franchises out in the market. It was a bit more viable for a lot of them. And um, that sort of, <clears throat> I guess, gave, I didn't know a lot about the industry, so buying into a franchise gave me a little bit of, bit of comfort. Um, Speed run rather than kind of yeah, jumping right into the oh, deep end. Oh, totally. Um, but the, um, actually, I will caveat, I did, when I left school in the late 80s, I did work for the treasury of a bank. I don't class it as banking because it was just a totally... Different world. I mean, by the time I was, I don't know, eighteen or nineteen, I was um, responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars of payments going out <coughs> from wow. National Australia Bank. It was National Australia Bank when they were in New Zealand. Um, so that was a bit of a, yeah, it was a, it was a real interesting run right to the. Depths of corporate life from a very 18, young 19. age. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, and just the I didn't sort of appreciate the responsibility I had because if you stuffed up, um, you know, a fifty million dollar payment, you know, <laughs> you know, at night if you miss one, and occasionally you did. You know, you were roasted the next day, but... Um, it's not, I mean, I think about my responsibilities, but I was in the <laughs> workforce at that age. It oh, was. yeah, it was because I, I joined as an office junior when I was like 16 and just after six months went into the foreign exchange settlements and um, spent some time in the dealing room while it wasn't really my my sort of bag. And um, I do remember the, the when BNZ um, was bought by National Australia Bank, I still remember the SWIFT payment coming... Coming through, and we're all just in awe of it around the office because I think it was like nearly a billion dollars. Or I should have made a copy of it actually, but that was the you know the money that was coming through the Swift machine. And I was like, oh yeah, there's the the money from <laughs> National Australia Bank to buy BNZ, and um, you know some things sort of stick in your mind. And yeah, we a billion st- dollar transaction does stick. Yeah, in your mind. Yeah, pretty sure it was a billion. There was a lot of zeros on the end of it, and I was thinking, oh wow, that's a big one coming through. So
0: um, it, it does almost. It just seems like monopoly money when you get to that figure yeah. if you're
1: eighteen nineteen. oh you're I never even, getting exposed to absolutely. it. absolutely And then when I was an office junior I was taking checks for fifty twenty hundred million dollars across the road to the the bank in Queen Street and um you know I'm just cruising around thinking i'm I'm pretty big because I got all this money that I'm carrying around as a check <laughs> and um but uh, yeah so I did that that was for four years. I didn't like I said, I didn't really class it as banking because it was just it was a different different world but and then after that, I just sort of squandered life for a few years, and um, yeah. And so, in 2005, I got into the the mortgage broking business and did did pretty well. Um, I did make one error at the time, and that was buying a, a database of clients that um, that the NZF Finance owned approved mortgage brokers, and they sold me this database of clients, a trail book, and you know they'd bought it off somebody else and then handed it on to me and. You know, I remember sitting looking at it thinking I was doing well, do I need to, you know, buy this? And I hummed it out and I remember them saying it's a good deal, it's a good deal. And so that was my first lesson was, you know, if your gut feeling didn't quite fit with buying it, you know, because the trail just dropped off straight away pretty quickly. Right. And I, I didn't have time to manage it because I was doing lots of new business. And um, so that was a bit of a bit of a learning of caution around buying Buying books. Listen to your gut. I think a lot of advisors are
0: trying to buy books at the moment. Just, you know, I think with the regulatory landscape, a lot of people are expected to
1: be leaving the industry. I'm not sure
0: if it's actually the case.
1: but Yeah. Um, well, you know, obviously I'll touch on that in a second, but I mean, like anything, you you buy low and sell high. Um, and I think I wasn't smart enough to, because as soon as I bought it off the franchisor, they were still clipping the ticket of the income, and it was like, oh, geez, I didn't really think about that you know, paid a fortune for it and then they were still taking a clip of the income afterwards. So that was my first lesson and then um, come 2008, it was interesting because at the conference yesterday we talked a lot about the, you know, the GFC and how it's similar to what's happening now and, um, you know, I I got spooked actually because the, you know, the things were going great and then all of a sudden volumes tipped over pretty quickly. Um, Credit crunch... Um, Banks were treating mortgage brokers not so flash back in those days. Um, You know, some of the banks were cutting trail. And so uh, cut a long story short, I sold what little book I had. Um, And ironically, that's when I went into real banking and um, worked for a major bank for two years in their business banking and pretty much hated every minute of it, to be (laughs) honest. Literally from the first week, it was just like... Oh crap! What have I done? But you know, we had a, a you know had a really young child at the time, so my wife wasn't working. I thought, geez, the you know, and I didn't want to do insurance. We talked about that yesterday about you know, shall I call it pivoting? People pivoting and 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 doing you know, it's it's always been talked about. You know, do you do insurances, and now do you do KiwiSaver? And you know, I just didn't want to do insurance back then. So two thousand eight got spooked, got out. Went and worked for this bank, hated, hated every minute of it, um, you know, because you went from clients just, you know, loving it to bits to banking clients who just didn't hold back if they thought, oh, I don't want to fill in a statement of position, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that, and, you know, it was a real eye-opener. So um, I I kept in contact with um, an old, a guy called John Killick who's um, still part of the industry with... Uh, and, and just kept in touch with him and I just, you know, I just kept in touch with the industry and literally for two years plotted my way back to um, getting back into the mortgage broking industry and and just thinking I'll do things smarter and have my own brand and, because that was the thing when you're a franchise, I used to spend quite a bit of money on advertising but it would benefit the other franchisees in Wellington who might not have spent Spent as much, true. Okay, um, but it, you know, it, uh, it's again, you 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 learn. Um, and then, basically, in two thousand and ten, um, ironically, we had our second child along, so you know, wifey wasn't really working at all, and so it was a it was a big risk just to chuck in the job and and get started again. But luckily. Uh, the the war office backed me and, you know, but she did say, well, you know, you're not chopping and changing again. This is this is <laughs> it, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so 2010 set up under my own, under my own name um, and that was the other thing I was going to touch on because one thing, and ironically I did change it a, a few years later, was do you set up using your own name or do you set up, you know, using a generic Like an brand. agnostic brand name. Yeah, and look, I, I grappled with that constantly, you know. Um, but in the end, I suppose, you know, when you're selling your business, you're you're selling the trail. So the brand, it's highly likely somebody who buys your book won't give a monkeys about your brand. I mean, unless you're a squirrel or a, you know, a Mike Pirro, whoever who's the brand is, you know, right up there, you know, if you're, Pondering personal name versus a generic name, you know, it's, I don't think it's at the end of the day when you come to sell, it's really your book that somebody's going to be mainly interested in. That's what I learned. But the hard thing is, if you're looking at getting contractors, they tend to want to be part of a brand rather than the personal name. That's my opinion. I, obviously, there are some exceptions to that, but that's I've, the. I found that too, because
0: if, you know, say it's Chris Pope Mortgages or something like yeah. that, people will call up and they want to speak to Craig Pope.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it's so, uh, you know, so it's, it, that's, uh, you know, I went back and forward for ages, but anyway, it was Craig Pope and then, mm. you know, we rebranded to Pope and Co. Um, oh, maybe 2017 or, or something like that, 2018, as we, our, the team was was growing and I had a couple of contractors and, and staff, so. I guess between 2010, 2020, just, you know, just hammered it, long hours, um, you know, building up a really good trail book and really well-known business in Kapiti. But we covered all of Wellington, you know. Um, and that, obviously in that transitional period, over that period of time, I think a lot of people in the industry would, would see it too. You you got less and less time to be in your car going out and seeing people. Um it became more, you know, online or coming and see me in the office because, you, you know, your time is just, you know, so precious, especially these days you just, oh, yeah. you know, back in the day, you know, somebody's got a pulse, they say, can you come and see me? Yep, I'm in my car, I'm there. You come out with some, you know, rough written application forms, some some bank statements, uh, you know, some pay slips, a copy of ID and, and then you're writing up a diary note, and then you're chucking it through your fax. And a couple of days later, you got an approval. So you had time to to go out and see people and be that mobile advisor. These time, these days, you you know, if if you are driving to see people, then you know, I don't know how people get the time to do that, especially if you're in Auckland, you'd be stuck in traffic. Oh but,
0: goodness, yeah,
1: but um, uh, yeah, we we try and do that mainly. You know, uh, like
0: we do go out and see people from time to time, but generally, yeah, yeah. most of the time, it's online. You do notice if you have a couple of meetings out, I think last week went for a couple and just the entire day has gone and
1: your yeah. phone's blowing
0: up the whole time. You're still getting emails through. And I just oh. felt I almost haven't recovered from it. <laughs> oh, <know>. It's funny. <laughs> still hey, it's, playing catch up.
1: Yeah. it's But, for, you know, for, for quite a few years I haven't physically gone to see something, apart from one or two when maybe, you know, we might have, might have, have, have had a coffee somewhere or, or somewhere. But, um, but, yeah, it's interesting how the industry's changed and, yeah, um, so, so, yeah, we. I just hammered it for those 10 years. We did, as we as I was getting bigger, I did, you know, grapple personal name versus generic name, and then I went for the generic name, you know, the Pope and Coast, kind of, you know, half and half really. Um, and then, yeah, around 2020, you know, I had six staff, and I guess I was a little bit... Um, you know, a little bit worn out and, you know, like a lot of brokers out there, I mean, we work long hours, you're always switched on Um, and usually because we love the industry, you know, I think most brokers, it's such a good industry to be in and, and you you do have good flexibility. So I would worked my ass off for, for, for 10 hard years, built it up, significant trail book, six staff and I guess I was just a little bit tired and, you know, staff issues, you know, I think a lot of, People out there that have got the staff will concur with the, <laughs> the challenges you have. Um, and and I guess I'm a little bit cynical that, um, you know, we, we do live in a bit of a fickle industry and in that banks do really have a good, you know, they're, they're our friends but they're also our enemies in a way in terms of, you know, we're competing with them and and they pull the strings on how we're paid. So I guess as our, as I got bigger I thought... You know, when's a good time to cash up and and get the money out for my business um, and re reevaluate things? Was this around around twenty twenty? Yeah, so literally, I sold just basically as we're all going into lockdown. That's when I did my sale and purchase agreement and and sold it. And but I'd been in discussions with a couple of parties and one in, uh, for about six months, and I was, I was I still was umming and ahhing over it and um and I guess that would be one tip I'd give for people who are pondering selling is that start thinking you know succession plannings you know we hear it all the time but it's start I guess to making connections with potential buyers of your of your business how do you make those connections to people, Reach out to you, or do yeah, or you, well, you talk like, to people like 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 you, yeah. You just drop it out there with. Uh, I think uh, you know we were with the, the G at the time, and I I think I just floated it out there that I might have been been keen to to talk, and um, and obviously some you know some advisor companies out there are proactive and seeking books. So you look at because I think because my plan was sell it, get as much as I could, and then contract back to that. To that buyer for two or three years, and then look at setting up again, um, which is basically what I what I did in a, in a nutshell. That <laughs> yeah, that great. was the plan because I mean, I mean I'm 51 now, and and you know I was obviously 48 or whatever, so still thinking I've got a lot of years left in me. But as you get bigger, the buyers for your business become have got that sort of money become less. So I thought I'll cash up now, take the foot off the accelerator contract back to that company for two or three years. Obviously there's restraint of trade and then um, build it up again from from, from scratch. From scratch. And, and, you know, in the two or three years that I was, two and a half years, I was contracting back to the company that bought my business. Um, you know, they kept two of my support staff. So, you know, pretty much, you know, they did a lot of the, you know, the loan writing basically. So I was able to work. Thirty hours a week, still earn a good income, and um, play a bit of golf, and 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 just have a bit more of a work life balance. balance.
0: You had a bit of time to maybe reflect on what things worked, what things didn't, when you Mm. had swap roles. You know, a lot of advisors don't have that time to do it. Do you do you still find yourself um, kind of taking a step back with your with your current business, or is it all just go 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 the whole time?
1: Yeah, well, at the moment it's it's really interesting because um, I'm a one-man band again, really. Um, so, you know, it is go, go, go. It's, uh, I guess when I left the previous company, you know, at October, end of October last year, I was pretty much well shitting myself going back out on my own again and, and not having anyone to pass on. You know, I'm, I'm literally starting from, from scratch, but... It's um, and it's at a time when there's you know the volumes are way down, but it's um, yeah now that I've got all my nuts and bolts and website and I'm you know using the CRM and using technology a little bit more in those processes, it is it is you know and, and inquiries picked up significantly in the last couple of weeks and it's yeah it is really, nice. yeah yeah I guess uh, you know it was, it was good being quietish over December January so that I could get all my nuts and bolts. Set up, and now that sort of contacts that I've had for years and years see that I've you know I have set up again, and and you know getting my old sort of advertising and um cunning marketing plan set up again, it's um but it's yeah, I can it's you know time management now is really really key. Now that I'm sort of back to just being myself with all that (laughs) with all the hats on, having no one to to delegate it to, but that'll you know I'll, I'll just. Just think the interesting challenge I've got is, is I've braced technology and obviously your CRM's great for that is the how, because I am, my processes are a little bit different, how I incorporate a support person into that new process. So that's a, a challenge I've got that I will need somebody like Eventually. it this year yeah. is how, with the process being a bit different, how do I make them fit? Before it was pretty easy, you know, I'd interview the client, get the info in pretty much will write it, write up a diary note or whatever and just give it to my staff to put it in the CRM and check the bank statements. And But now I'm doing all of that. So it's, um, and, you know, getting a support person to, to fit in with my new processes will be an interesting
0: we have challenge. That. Sometimes I'll show people the software and it's a little bit different, but I think, you know, if you can put them in touch with maybe some of other advisors who use it and use it really well mm, yeah, and just... Sometimes just taking a bit of a step outside of what your older way of doing it has been, you're like, yeah. okay, there's actually some efficiencies that I can build in here by getting the client to do the fact find themselves. Totally. And a lot of the time, clients are actually keen to do it, especially you know younger generation. But people are used to filling out online forms now.
1: Yeah, yeah, you, you did right, Hey, eh? It's, mm-hmm. um, and that's one thing I've embraced. I mean, used to love the old form where I'd email it out to the client, and they'd print it out, and they'd write it out down and and um, But now, you know, pretty much everybody does the online form, um, which is great because it uploads, um, getting them to do the online bank statement link, um, you know, they're using the Alien and I pretty much will make people do that um, because it just makes the job easier. Um, So, yeah, it's, and I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've been using a PDF application more and, and so if people can't print out, you know, the forms to sign, I can send them, uh, you know, the document to sign online. That was something that I never in the past didn't really get my head around. So um, I still like paper on my desk because I, you know, I like doing physical <laughs> calculation. Yeah, yeah, I like, I you know, if somebody does the fact find, I'll print it out and then I'll visualise it and I'll be writing notes, I'll be checking their expenses and it's, you know, I like to make notes and, and plus I... One thing I haven't yet embraced is the, I guess, the pipeline on the CRM. I like my files on my desk thinking, right, okay, just looking at that, looking at that, and
0: I'm still a little bit old school. I'm going to bloody chain you to the desk
1: <laughs> after this and I'll, I'll make you get used to it. I know, like, you know, maybe that'll be my job for, you know, a new support person to check that pipeline <laughs> oh, a bit God, more. Right, then maybe that's it. something I can I can delegate. Um, yeah, so, but it's been good, you know, it, it's, it's like I say, I crapped myself for the first month or so because, you know, truckload more money going out and I had to lease an office and, you know, just in, obviously being in our industry is a lot more expensive now than what it, you know, ever has been. So you've got all this money going out. And, and PI and... Oh, client it's costs just, yeah, it's just up. astronomical, um, you know, but it's it's just the way it is. And and oh, I think that's, that's where you've got to really, um, you know, you can't save the world with clients. Um, you know, you can't help everybody. Yeah, you can give them a plan to, you know, say, right, well, you can't do anything now, but here's what you need to do to... To get there, um, but I, you know, you've just got to value your time. That you, you just can't help everyone, and it's okay to say no to people. Um, I think you've got to really, yeah. As you get busier, you've obviously when you're starting out, you're chasing anything with a with a pulse. Um, not that I need to do that because I've got good contacts and what have you. And um, but if you are starting out as an advisor, you know, just start thinking that. You know, we talked about yesterday at that conference, you know, who is your target market and, and and that's how you tailor your advertising to them. So now I might not be so, my my target market's probably more the, the sort of mid-aged people where they might be trading up or trading down or looking at an investment property. Um, you know, that's the sweet spot for right. me.
0: Um, You're always fine. You always find you connect with people that are in a similar life stage to you as well so if you've yeah like gone through that oh, process totally it's yeah like younger advisors you know they connect really well first home buyers because
1: they're yeah. going through that journey ab- ab- absolutely and and I think um you know that the other thing too is that I've maybe I've got a bit older and wiser definitely older and and you know I I'm not afraid to tell people they shouldn't be borrowing what they're trying to borrow you know whilst it's you know, it's a bit contradictory. We're there to help people borrow money. But, you know, I look at some people and say, well, I could get you that that money, but it's a dumb idea. It's not a good outcome. Why why are you doing that? It's because you haven't thought about this, 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 and this. So I guess I'm, you know, I'm a little bit more holistic with that, you know, and that's where those people that maybe that are already own a home and they're looking to, you know, go to that next stage or You know, buy a business or do whatever. You know, I can give them a little bit more of life experience view on it. So I'm not afraid to say to people, "Look, yeah, we could get you the money, but I I don't think it's a good idea because of this, that, and the other. Have a think about it, and you know, and just be sure that it is what you wanna you wanna do or should should be should be doing. Um, That's kind of what the legislation wants, you know. (laughs) Oh yeah, and and look, and and part of it is like I don't wanna. You know, I guess again, I'm not just going to chase loans just for the revenue. If if I'm not going to bust my gut trying to get a and flogging a dead horse or trying to get somebody a, a loan if I don't believe in that's the best thing for them to be be doing. Um, and I think that's where I really I really try and pre-qualify people with a phone conversation first. You know, if people's, you know, I do like people to come and see me the, at the office. Um, but at the same time, I don't, you know, it's not just show up and we'll start from scratch. We need to have a chat on the phone first so I can really get a feel for what it is what, you're trying to do.
0: What are some good questions to ask clients to get to the nitty gritty so you're not having a, <laughs> like a 60 minute conversation
1: before you find oh, out there's no I deal? No, And it's funny, you know, I, I try to, you know, you touch on a good thing because some people just want to... You know, obviously, unload a whole lot of stuff, and it's just like, no, I've got, I've got set questions. So, for starters, I do say, look, I've got some quick fire questions. So, just, just give me quick answers, so that sort of narrows <laughs> it down. Because sometimes you do get a bit of a life story of some of it, and and I am interested to hear that because you know, I but it's really the quick nitty gritty I want to hear first, and it's just preparing them that I just want some quick answers, and it's it's just getting to know, you know, it. And things like, you know, is there trust involved? Have you spoken to anyone else? Is there, you know, if it's first-time buyers, can family help? You know, it's just the, the usual routine questions. And I guess that's second nature to a lot of us. That that, uh, And sometimes it's sort of asking why they're why are you looking to do what you're doing? That's something. And sometimes you don't, you, you know, asking, well, how old are you? As well, you know, it's a it's a tricky question to ask, but it's such a relevant one. You know, well, what are you born in? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's you know, you, you especially you know, I don't maybe I don't know if this is on PC, but sometimes woman on the phone. I'm a little bit nervous about asking that oh, question. You know, yeah. asking how much lady do you weigh? Many, yeah. <laughs>
0: no,
1: <laughs> that'll be in the I'll triple CFA. Do that, yeah, but. it'll be in the triple CFA somewhere. Waits, you know, but you know, you, you're just a bit. You know, it's just like. I've, I just sort of get some rapport on the phone first and it's like, you know, and I just sort of delicately say, you know, age is an issue. Sometimes you can get an idea of their age on the phone, you know, you can see where it's going because they say, oh, well, I've got kids but they've left home. Well, straight away I think, okay, well, this could be an older an older person um, or they're buying out their their, their ex and, and so and then if once I've built a little bit of rapport on the phone, it'll be, you know, do you mind if I ask how old you are? Okay, so you're 55, right, so... You know the banks are gonna bring the goalposts in. Doesn't mean to say you can't borrow money, but there's a good chance that you know you might not borrow be able to borrow as much than if you were thirty. So, and they 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 get it, but it's just it's just that little probing journey and, and um, context as well. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, totally. And and again, it's. Uh, yeah, it's just trying to trying to drill into, and just saying to the you know, and just saying to the client, I'm going to ask you the questions that are key for getting the info that I can then tell you if I can help you or not, because I might not be the right person for you, or I can help you, but because the banks, you know, the, the amount of money I'm going to get from the bank on this won't pay me for the hours, so I might have to charge you a fee for that. And then I'll, I I won't necessarily um, say what that fee is. I'll just say look, it, it, there'll be a fee, but I need to think about what it might be, and I'll email it to you, and then you can have a think of. Or if I do know off the cuff, then I'll say something and give them a rough idea. Yeah, and and generally I don't. And this could be something for um, some of the the more newer advisors out there. I don't remember we have got intellectual property up here, you know, because if I'm talking to somebody about a deal, I'm not. You know, I'm straight away I'm thinking, okay, this could be this bank or that bank or this non bank or that non bank. But I'm not giving that inf- those names to the to the punter because, you know, if you dump all that on them, they'll think, Oh, I'll just go to BNZ by myself or I'll do so you've gotta keep some of your cards to yourself so that you you get that agreement that you're gonna do business and then you send them the forms and maybe arrange a meeting or whatever, but I don't tell them the solution straight off. I might say, look, there is a solution, but I've got to get this, this, this and this and that. Um, and this is how long it's going to take. And But I might have more thoughts once I get all your information in because I know eight times out of ten, seven times out of ten, you get all the info in and it's like, oh, you didn't tell me about that or you didn't tell me about this or actually I've seen that so I think we might actually do this as a different way. Okay. So it's about getting info but being not necessarily giving the solutions to the client on the phone you can still say right I've, I think I've got a plan I've got a plan for you but we need to do this this and this um, then that way you're not giving all your your IP up front giving all the value up yeah front. you want to keep yeah. them working and just and and you know it, it in terms of disclosures I say well you've got to use me exclusively um, otherwise if you're gonna be talking to me and then gonna Johnny broke it down the road and then going to this bank yourself, then a fee might apply if, if I don't arrange the loan because, you know, I've got to spend time working on this for you. So, you know, we we, we do need to, you do need to trust me and we work exclusively. Um, and you get that sort of a, get that agreement off them. It's part of that, I guess, that disclosure. It's like you said, you don't want to be... Feeding a fed
0: horse, you know, if you can at least get that done up front, yeah, yeah, it just helps just filter out a few of those. We, we, not that we have to do much of it, but yeah, we. I mean, if we're bringing on your advisors, a few questions that we need to know about, so things like credit, criminal history, and not that mm. it's like necessarily got the way of, um, things in the past, or maybe it has. Like I, I'm not dealing with it, but yeah. just asking up front, it just
1: oh, oh, it totally. saves so much time. And that's the thing too, when you, you know, I guess. For, and uh, I think one thing that's really interesting that I've seen is all these young go-getters. Um, well, I'm still young. I think I'm still young. Um, um, but still you know, a these, go-getter. <laughs> maybe not such a go-getter. <laughs> um, I play golf. That's got to be that's got to be something. But but exercise. <laughs> but you know, the it, it's really interesting in the industry seeing all these young people that are you know just love how they talk about their business and you know their their business and they, I just love that mindset that they're. You know, and um, just so much new talent is out there, and it um, yeah, it's really exciting to see. And, and you know, I guess if you, you know, one thing I learned a couple of recruitment um, lessons, if you if you like, and and I guess the well, the first thing is, do you put them on a salary or put them on a on a you know contractual sort of sort of base? It's so difficult of oh, you know, trying you know. to get the right max like well, conference yesterday and it was interesting hearing about like
0: John Bolton for instance he was talking yeah. about how he structures his salary mm. he's oh it's expensive you know and it, yeah it's it's when the market's good i think that was the message of the late it's yep. it's a great structure but when it's tough it can can really hamstring the business
1: oh absolutely and um you know and i think I mean, I'm, again, this is my opinion, salaried staff tend to be the ones that aren't necessarily the entrepreneurial ones, but they are good at what they do. So I think if you've got more leads than you know what to do with and, you know, and speaking from experience, I had all these leads coming in, leads coming in and I didn't want to work a gazillion hours. So, right, you'd have somebody on salary, somebody that is an advisor, qualified advisor, um, they might start off as a lone rider, and then you can divert those leads to those people, and that's where a salary model works well. Where it's not somebody who wants to go and be a big, massive business themselves. They're happy to have the security of a salary, plus maybe bonus, obviously. But it works well when you've got tons of leads coming in, and, or you, and you've and you've got a a machine of advertising that's that's pulling them, you know, bringing the leads in. But you just can't handle it all yourself. But then you can afford to have that salaried person. And then if you've got someone who is, I don't know, a bit more entrepreneurial, would you put them on a commission structure? Yeah, they tend to be the ones you know. So, and this is where it is difficult because if you've got, um, you know, and I've had people that are just purely commission only contractor. But then you've got you've got real challenges of who owns the, you know, the trail. What do you do with clawbacks? Um, never retain them yeah well again that's the you know I had a, a good one and you know he I he left after a couple of years because he he wanted to go and do his own thing and he's doing doing really well and him and I'm still catch up and you, you, you know where there's no you know it was amicable split and we still catch up for lunch every few months and what have you you know you've got a I think you've almost if you find somebody who you know will be really really good and they're good for they want to do commission only and that sort of thing. I think you've just got to be open to that they're going to want to leave some at some stage. So you've got to structure your deal with them that says, you know, uh, that after a certain period of time they can take their trail book with them. But you've got to give me some – if I train you up and teach you over two, three, maybe five years, you know, I've got to make some money out of it and then you're free to go – and take your book with you um you know that's that's how i would do otherwise if you it just gets messy when you're trying to hold on to trail clients and don't let them have them and then they leave it's i think you've almost got to expect them to to want to go and do their own thing if they don't that's great they you could potentially give them an equity share in your own business do Um, you think like a scaled structure where the longer they stay
0: with you the more of their or your, or the combined trail book they own, and then if they get to a certain threshold, then it's equity.
1: Yeah, that ab- could be a good way of doing ab- absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. It's it, it's just complex, and every person's different. Like, um, I remember one guy, he was an insurance guy, and we just went round and round and round in circles. In the end, we parted company because we just couldn't, you know, come up with with something, and I think he was dragging the chain. And, and uh, But it's, uh, yeah, you you've you've got to accept that they may want to go... And make it, just make an easy path, but make sure that you get something out of it. And, you know, because it's it's just a win, to try and make it a win-win. And if they stay, then that's great. Um, but again, that's the conundrum that everybody's got, you know, the salary versus contractor. It's model. hard. And I think, um, again, if you've got lots of leads coming in, you know, you know, get one or two loan riders first and then, you know, if you get a salaried person, make sure that they've already got the qualification. You know, I remember paying for one guy to get it and, it, you know, uh, you know he didn't last in the end for one reason or another. But, um, you know, I think the salaried model is a good one um, if you've got enough work to keep them going. But, you know, the hard thing is I'm a bit of a control freak, so it's just trying to keep on top of, you know, making sure that they're not damaging your brand by by doing stuff yeah, that Yeah, you do that? Well, with difficulty, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, do you sit in on meetings? I mean, now we've got technology to help, I know. Yeah, it's
1: a bit easier. Uh, yeah. You know, before it was, you know, and again, I probably was a bit busy. I wasn't as tight as on it as I could have been. But, um, yeah, it, it's just, again, it's just having those... Pro- like, technology's made it a bit easier and... Um, I find it's tough, too, because you want to give fast feedback and some yeah. people are really receptive to it and then
0: others you know you say hey i think you have done this differently and then you can see they're breaking yeah. themselves at just being told that they're doing something oh, wrong but absolutely that's, yeah i learn better when i'm getting mm. told straight away you could have done this it would have been a better result
1: yeah absolutely and and you know and and that's something that i learnt when i was you know first employing assistants and loan riders you know some of us, you know, that a business owner's a bit cocky and, and oh, go off my gut feeling, and you know, uh, you know, just go off because I meet so many people, I like, can suss people out, and you know, a couple of people I just had like one interview with, and cut a long story short, you know, got roasted with it. So now, <laughs> um, you know, when I did was, you know, the latter end of before I sold my business, when I was employing people, we had at least two interviews. I rung the ref um, references, you know, before I was a bit slack on it. Um, and in the second interview, I actually gave them a whole pile of, it was almost like a quiz, um, you know, working out LVRs, working out just our day-to-day calculations. Sort of like the, the bank test now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just set them down, right, here you go, you've got 40 minutes or however long to do it. And that was a really good tool because I had, people come in that i remember one lady who had been a she was a midwife but she had worked in business banking for years before and i think oh yes that's she seemed quite nice all good gave her the test just could hardly get any of the questions right and it was just well that's, you know and other people that had worked in banks and didn't didn't know basic you know lvr calculations and other you know just basic lending concepts so if you know if there is a tip for people hiring don't be afraid to give them a test or sit them down and and get them on your crm on a test environment and just just see how they work online and i think i mean it doesn't totally you know it's not foolproof (laughs) Um, and some
0: people you know might be terrible at it but they've got the right attitude so if you train them or just give them like some of the resources you might have somebody who's a great culture fit totally just yep I didn't work in finance before I started here, so this was all <laughs> this is all new.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's but you know it's the same. You know, it's, it's just that. It, it, I guess that's the interesting thing about and one thing I love about being in our industry and and is that, you know, you've got all these hats on, and I think that's one thing, that you know that I enjoyed so much about it is is enjoy doing the marketing and 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 doing the website and and getting the phone ringing from you know marketing you know i enjoyed all the hats maybe the hr one not so much but you know just the <laughs> the fun that you're doing all the stuff no yeah and you building building it up and i when i first went out on my own in 2010 and, and even f- before that one key thing i'd say to people is to try and make yourself look bigger than you are so you know and that's where shoulder pads yeah, yeah well <laughs> these days it's not not that difficult <laughs> but um, yeah just you just it, there's some marketing things that you can measure whether it be Facebook or the Google monster and and what have you and obviously you ask people when they're ringing in how did you how did you hear about us but there is marketing spend that isn't quite quantifiable so it's you're trying to get as much of you out there as possible trying to make yourself look bigger than what you are and um, and having professional collateral, like I spent a lot of, even if it was just me and even now it's a little bit more online, but I'd have, you know, nice brochures and, you know, nice letterhead and nice folders and, you know, you, you've got to be, you know, as professional as, as possible. And uh, Did you ever consider driving around in like a Popemobile? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, in a funny way I did. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not as a, aggressive of my marketing now that I've just started out again as I I mean, even my, I would have sign written my dog, you know, <laughs> you know, a few years ago, you just, you're just trying to, and it, it, again, it's just, and I look, one thing that I, yeah, again, some things are not quantifiable, but people get to the point where, oh, look, I've heard you on the radio, oh no, hang on, I saw your sign on the bus, oh no, hang on, I saw you, or I see your signs all over the place and then you, you'll you get people referring to you who don't even know you or they ring you up and you're talking to them and they they say, oh, am I talking to Craig? Yeah, yeah, you're talking, oh, I'm talking to the big guy. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, well, there's, you know, where <laughs> they think. <laughs> but but it's, and, and one good thing I did was, um, you know those little open home signs you see out on a Sunday on the corner? Yeah. Made up about 10, 12, 15 of those and every Sunday, I'd be out seven o'clock in the morning putting those little signs around the place, um, and they worked to treat. In the end, I started paying somebody to do it because I couldn't be asked getting up first thing on a Sunday and then picking them up at about. You 6. you pay a, I don't know, like a, a teenager to just? Oh okay. yeah, yeah. It's just and like you just, I, I didn't. I put them where they were busy roads and sort of near other real estate agents, but not too close. Um, some real estate agents got a bit them down. towy because, yeah, yes, oh, that's another story. Some real estate agents Cut getting the face out. towy because you put your sign near theirs. <laughs> it's like, seriously, it's an open home side, for God's sake. But, you know, just pay for somebody, get get your little signs out there. And again, and, and people see them and they keep seeing them. And I'd, you know, a couple of competitors and, and uh, you know, a couple of banks tried doing it, but then they, you know, they just got lazy and thought, oh, this is too hard. Yeah, that's right. You know, I'd get up do it every day until I could afford to pay somebody to do it but again it's that and putting signs just wherever you can whenever wherever you can get a sign just you know it might cost you five or six hundred bucks to actually do the sign but just keep an eye out you're driving around you know obviously the car's the obvious thing um and I used to I was a bit you know I used to sign right the wife's car and she'd she'd be a bit pissed off about it because she'd she she knows nothing about mortgages and and she'd have all my sign writing plastered all over the car so she'd get people bailing her up in the car park. What do you think interest rates are going to do? Oh, oh, can I talk no. to you about
0: mortgages? <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. You should get a pope mobile. The more I think about it, I think. Like yeah, how cool would that be
1: seeing you drive around Romeiti in your I know. It's uh, or I could just have like a chimney where the smoke comes out when your loan's approved. If you see the smoke coming out of the chimney, then <laughs> the bat signal. Yeah, kind of yeah. So well, at the moment I got a little bit of a tagline that there's there's hope. You know, looking for a mortgage or buying your first home. There's hope with Craig Pope. Or you know, I can play around with it, but yeah, I I have thought about being a bit edgy like that, but um, yeah, oh, I remember. Um,
0: so I studied radio and I remember they were talking about marketing and getting yourself out there and just different ideas for adverts. And it might have been somebody in the Kapiti region for this example. Oh, yeah. But the radio ad said that um, uh, it, was gonna make, it was a mechanic or something. So it's something that's quite generic. Generally, there's not a, a USP when it comes to a mechanic. <laughs> but the, the whole marketing campaign was based on Come and see how ugly the guy is, the mechanic at this place. (laughs) And apparently, did wonders for business. People like, I gotta go see this guy. That's gold. That is gold. Not saying you should do the same thing, but if it's something a little bit outside the square,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, they because I have got my face, you know. Like I say, you just get it on signs on the back of a bus, and you know, and I'll I'll get people that that you know. You got to do a good job. You can't do a shit job and be all over the place. You know, I do like to think I do a good job, and then that if you're good at what you do, and you add it to some cunning marketing, which does require some spend. Look, I and you know, again, bit of a tip. Tip. Look at look at your. Assuming somebody's done a business plan, and they've worked out some goals of how much they want to earn. Let's say it's you know you know three hundred thousand. In that first sort of one to five years, you want to be spending at least ten to fifteen percent of your. Desired turnover on on marketing. I mean, I spent spent a shitload on it, you know, but it, you know, it did pay off because you you just it just becomes a bit of a steamroller. The, the half thing was actually pulling back from from spending on it, but then I got to the point where I was hiring staff, so kept the spend going pretty much because it was being a bit of a steamroll of leads, and we had a good good reputation and. Um, you know, and, and that's a good thing about our business. There's little things you can do. Um, like, for example, if if somebody rings me with a, a you know, a referral, or even if I hear, oh, you know, such and such a real estate agent said to give you a call, I'll send that person, uh, you know, a lotto ticket doesn't matter if it went ahead or not, but the fact that, and a handwriter saying thanks for the referral. If you win, let's Re- put the winning. Yeah, yeah, well, one agent won about $700 once. <laughs> I do say, well, if you win the big one, you've got to share it with me. No, no, no <laughs> not really. But but just little things like that. You know, that the, the lead doesn't have, but it's just thanking somebody for thinking of you. It's just that little in handwritten note. I've taken, made, made the time to do it. And same with clients, if they refer people and then, you know, if, if it goes ahead, I'll just send them a voucher. I don't have any, I guess one thing I've never done is, is you know, I don't sound this, I'm not going to sugarcoat it actually. I don't kiss the ass of real estate agents. I don't pay them a cut of the commission. It's about if they, if they see that I do a good job to help them in their business, then they'll refer to me because real estate agents can be a little bit fickle. Yes, they're a good, you know, there'll be a few people watching, jumping up and down, you know, that that just deal with real estate agents. That's great, but they're not, they haven't really been how I've got leads in because they can be a fickle bunch. You know, in the early days you'd be, you know, building a relationship with a real estate agent. Next minute old, you know, Johnny from XYZ Loans comes in with morning tea and all of a sudden referring to them and, Oh, do you pay a, a you know cut of your commission? Well, no, I don't because I've got this massive clawback liability. So, you know, if you want to refer to me, you do it because um, you like me and you yeah, like you service. think I'm going to do a good job, yeah. and and subsequently, if if the loan settles, I'll send you a voucher or whatever, not an unwritten thank you gift. Um, Sometimes just saying thanks. You know, I remember I went to this conference once and they did a
0: a, a test of the room and they said, Would you rather be if you do a good job? Would you rather mm. your boss or your employer say, great job and thank you for it? Yeah. Or a cash incentive? And the majority of the room went to the part where they just wanted to be thanked and appreciated. Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, it, that's a really good point because when you are, and when you're a control freak like me and you've got staff, it's kind of like the hard thing is just, right, it's got to be done this way, got to be done this way, you know? And, and if it's just being a little bit more relaxed, if they've got put an S-lant on a diary note or whatever, just, just let it go in the early days it was like it's got to be exact and again just saying thank you for if they do a good job because you do get you know busy and you don't sort of stop and reflect um the other thing I was going to say too that I was thinking on the way here is that one other bit of advice again you know in that that 10-year period while I was head down bum up you know before I sold my business and actually I'll come back to the selling part of it again Lee is that You know, doing long hours isn't necessarily a measure of success. Um, Yeah, we love what we do and long hours sort of comes with it, especially if you're a one-man band and, you know, but, you know, I have to admit I was a bit of a grumpy dad in that 10 years because I wouldn't switch off or if I was on holiday I was, you know, emailing people and, and taking calls or whatever and, and we, we work in a frustrating business. It's a great, it's a rewarding one, but it's, you know, it's bloody frustrating. A lot of when, red tape. You know, you, you get a bank emailing you about something that was in the diary note or, you know, and it's just like, oh, for goodness sake. And, you know, or the client didn't tell you about something that the bank's picked up that you didn't see. It's, you know, there's frustrations. So, you know, I would take those frustrations home. So, you know, I was a bit of a grumpy dad for for those 10 years. And if there's one thing that I'd say to people, it's all right if you're young and you don't have kids, fill your boots, do what you Be want. a grumpy dick. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> if, yeah, it's just. Take it on somebody else's yeah, kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, just, it's really important if you've got young kids and you're in this industry, you've got to switch off, Um, you know, and I, I learned that, you know, switching off it, you know, I'll come home and, you know, when I had staff, I could try and switch off at six o'clock and just not look at it emails to maybe nine o'clock when the kids were in bed, um, you know, because, um, yeah, you've just got to value that family life. And I think, you know, I regret being a bit grumpy with my kids because I was on edge and, you know, you're just taking work home and you're taking on holiday with you. So, yeah, just one key bit of advice, don't, you know, you can't save the world, you know, just. Uh, in saying that, one thing that I think that does make a successful advisor is being quick with, Inquiry. So, you know, again, when I was a bit too switched on, I'm sitting at home at night, you know, watching Coronation Street. Once I have finally sort of settled down, <laughs> I do watch Coronation Street. Sorry, um, hey, you don't apologise. You know, and you'll be getting, I'll be getting inquiries on on email, and I'll be, I'll be quick response. Always have a quick response. Just say, even if you can't talk to them right there, just say, great, got your stuff got your email or got your call, you know, it might be a text or an email, say, I'll come back to you first thing in the morning or, you know, I might copy and paste some questions I've got. But in the meantime, have a look at these questions. So always a quick response. Don't leave inquiries to stew because there is, there's, there, there's a ton of other people they can call and, you know, I think that was always something that people got fast responses, even if it was thanks for reaching out and even like... You know, I'm doing a, doing a deal and getting it set up and I get an email in, it's like, thanks for your email, I'll come back to you shortly, back into it. So always have that fast response. Because there's nothing, you know, even when you're out buying whatever, if there's one annoying thing is if you've rung your plumber or a builder or whatever and they take, two or three days to come back to you. I think, nah, bugger it, there's tons of others I can call. the plumber came back to me in two or three days, that would be my plumber <laughs> for life. That's Is that
0: the Auckland time frame oh, turnaround? Matt. We got a, I had um, a little bit of work done on the toilet three months ago and I texted the guy after we did the job, took him over a month to get in and then I said, send me the invoice, I'll pay it right away. And he just hadn't sent it to me, so I'd followed up with him oh. and
1: then he just sent it to me last
0: week. like...
1: Oh, no, amazing, eh? <laughs> yeah. Again, this, this is you know that's an industry where people aren't business owners. You know they're good plumbers, but maybe not good at all the other stuff. And um, and you know, I guess that's the fun of our industry. We can be all those things. Not necessarily that's, as you get bigger, that's the best thing. But um, but going back to the you know if people are looking at selling their business again, start. I I guess you know don't be afraid to. Depending on your timing, really, like I say, my plan was contract back to the company for a couple of years, um, and then set out, set up on my own again. So I guess it depends on their timeframes, how old they are, and where they will, where they want to go. But start building relationships with other bigger broking outfits that may have the money that that you can say, hey, look, you know, I'm, um, you know, if some someday I might want to sell my book, how about we keep in touch and um, you know, and I i was lucky enough to, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't, especially when volumes are down, I'd be lying if I didn't miss, and I had a significant trail book, I'd be lying if I didn't say so I didn't miss that. But the multiple I got for my business was, was way above the, I can't say too much, but it was way above what the normal is for a mortgage book. How do you figure out the, do they come in with a bid? Do you set it? Like,
0: How does that negotiation well, part it, work? there's
1: like- a few parts to it, I guess. know because you've got clawback liability so i do carry a little bit of of that now that i'm back on my own but i i you know the there's there's so many facets to it some is what happens with clawback and um you know restraint of trade and um and whether you are gonna contract back to that company as a commission only so I was a I contracted back as just a commission only I got a couple of staff and but I didn't own the clients I didn't own the trail or anything like that so it got to a point where right you know it's um, now's a you know I miss being doing my own thing Um, so it is complex but and a lot depends on what that exit strategy is it could be that you know if I want to get out completely or I want to retire, I'll work. give me a good price and then I'll come and work with you for um, a year or whatever to make sure that nice transition of clients and I can just plant the seed that, you know, just slowly pass it on to the company that's, you know, bought your business, that relationship. Okay.
0: And what are some things you would look for? So if you were looking to buy a book, yep. what's, what, what, what's a good indication of it being quality? <laughs>
1: Records. That's a bloody good question. Yeah, I th- I th- It has to be records and I think if you can, just talking to the aggregator about, because you guys, you know, again, you, you can be good sources of information about how that, you know, sometimes a little bit of it's off the record, you know, of, you know, is, is that person, how have they been with the banks and how have they, you know, do they have any complaints against them and, and things like that? Obviously, some info you yeah, may or may not be, able to, had one of be able to glean out of it. But it's, um, I guess it, a lot of it comes, and the other thing too is that for me, I had kept really good records. A lot of them were a little bit more manual, but I had really good spreadsheets, up to date profit and losses. And, you know, in hindsight, I did actually have an admin lady and a big part of her job was looking after the trail. Um, which was something I sort of think, well, the amount of money I spent on her salary, part of her salary to police it, you know, the amount that dropped off was not mm-hmm. worth policing if that's but um we we kept a pretty tight, tight ship and and like I say, if if one thing I would have done a bit differently, I might not have had as much staffing doing refixes and you know, maybe just using technology more and and not you know, we I was a bit overstaffed on but on doing the refixes and the reviews because I wanted to keep that experience going. But you've also got to look, oh well, the cost versus, you know what's the value they bring in. Yeah. And look, we were still doing monthly I'd do monthly e newses, I'd do quarterly hard copies. So they did get a physical um communication from us. So always big on 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 that. Um, well, just just going back to,
0: you know, having staff in the business doing certain things and then I have this not that it's a challenge, but sometimes businesses look at us and they go, Oh my God, this is great. And you can always see the support staff in the meeting going, I'm gonna be out of the job here. But <laughs> the reality is if they're good employees and they're good to work with they can add value in other areas of the business. They might want to train to be an advisor. It might free them up to do things like newsletters. Yeah, you know, there, there's so many different avenues you can go down. But I think oh, the absolutely. fear of going this is going to take my job. It's actually an opportunity like that.
1: Oh yeah, you've you've actually touched on a really good way to explain it, and it's it almost comes back to when I first hired my you know my first PA two thousand and six or seven. You know it. You've you've got a you've You've got to hire them before you fully need them, if that makes makes sense. Because once you've got them, you'll find work to give them, and that frees you up to do more. You know, whether it's networking or blog writing or whatever, or, or more meetings or closing more deals. So, yeah, if the support person's there thinking, "Oh, that's taking me out of the link," that's right. What else can we get you to do that generates that helps the the advisor to generate more income. So you've explained it really well that it doesn't need to be, it should be more of an opportunity that, um, you know, that person can do other stuff that helps the advisor For sure. write more business. It doesn't mean like you're out of a job because you've been replaced by a robot. robot. But again, another piece of key advice is if you're thinking about hiring a staff member, and I'm going to have this problem again myself in the next few months is that You've got to hire them before, um, you know, before you need them basically because I'll you'll find. And look, mm. it sounds bad, but, you know, I, I used to get my PA to just go across the road to get me, you know, a bacon egg sandwich back in the day. You know, it's, <laughs> I thought it was actually quite cool. It was like she was so good and she was so good on technology. And I say, can you go get me a bacon egg sandwich? I'm just really busy and like she would just be all over it, you know, and it was I thought, oh, I like having this PA. You know, this is yeah. this is pretty cool. But again, it just it saves you time. It's anything that saves you time. And I used to uh oh, dare luckily my wife won't be watching this, but well probably not. And, you know, I used to get it to go out and get gifts for my wife or whatever. Just get it to you know, take my dry clean, just get it to do shit that you've gotta every day that your day to day stuff that you know, get your support staff to. You know, if you, again, it's probably more a PA role than you know. If you've got an administrator that's doing a bit of everything, you know, you might be just a, a single advisor. But don't be afraid to have this person say, "Look, your job is to to help me free up my time. So sometimes I might need you to, you know, was out and you give them petrol money or whatever. But you know, I need you to go out and get my dry cleaning, take this to there, go and buy the wife a birthday gift." Um, I love this. Because it's it's focusing, you mentioned before about
0: time management being crucial. Yeah. And the key, you know, top advisors, they always spend more time at doing revenue generating activities. Yeah. And every little thing that
1: takes you away from that yep. is costing you money. Oh, absolutely. Because to be fair, if I got to jump in my car and go and buy the wife a, a gift. <laughs> we keep coming I mean, back to
0: this one. Holy shit. Like, did you that's give, just did you give? Did you give her like a, a brief idea of what you thought was? Yeah, good? Yeah, there was
1: usually a little bit of a, a brief, and it's just really you know. But if I'd say if you have got any ideas, just you know. But really, I'm thinking this or that, or yeah. or dare I say it, a voucher. But if you get a voucher, we right. better get us something flowery don't, as well. Don't say
0: lotto ticket. <laughs> oh yeah, with with, with a little message on the card. It's saying, probably been in
1: there somewhere. Yeah, if you if you win it, we split it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking my well, wife. I'm we have nervous to about there. letting her check my lottery tickets just in case she, you know, <laughs> she wins the twenty five million. And says right, see you later. Well, I mean, she I, think might do that. Married, I think you would be
0: married. I think you have to have half of it, don't you?
1: That's how it works. Yeah, well, that's no good to me if she's halfway to bloody Hawaii or something like that. You know, with the true. The, the, sure, that's that sounds really bad, but no. you know. But I guess the you know don't it's be joking. afraid if you're hiring the administrator. Just you know say so, so look, this is you know, this is helping my time, you've got to, these are the sort of tasks, you know, do you have a problem with that? Because, you know, some of them are going to be menial. But it gets, gets you know, it gets, my PA loved being out of the office and oh, going so. shopping for a gift for the boss's wife. You know, she was all over it, but she was, you know, that was, you know, she was gold and ironically when she moved to Australia and we inherited her dog who's still part, a big part of our family. Oh, cool. So there's, uh, she's still, still helping the family and, you yep. know. Still online e gifts now. Yeah. <laughs> I just hate buying, you know. Luckily, the wife does all the Christmas shopping and. um In for herself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, I have moments. I have moments. I mean, I shop, I'm a big shopper for myself, but not. Um, yeah. I'm just no good at for other people to be on it. Every now and again, I have a good, good period, but. Um,
0: I try and write mine down, so I've got it like uh, I know my partners listen to this, but I've got a little note. Ooh. So I'll think of an idea for somebody. Yeah. Oh, Mum would love that, and her birthday might be six good months idea. away. And then when it comes to the point, I go, oh, that's oh, right, got that's it.
1: where I've been going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, see, I'll be driving along and think, shit, that would be a good gift for the wife, and then I forget about it. Sometimes you gone. have moments of.
0: I, I find this when I'm lying in bed at night because I'm always so distracted throughout the day. You know, even when you. Go to the loo. You bring your phone. All these little things. Yeah. You're constantly just like being distracted. and yeah. You lie in bed yeah. at night and you have these great ideas. So I quite often find myself just rolling over, getting my phone, writing down these notes. And in the morning, you go, "Oh, that's what I was thinking about."
1: Oh, that totally. Yeah. And that's you know. And I used to. Funny enough, I don't really doesn't happen too much as much now. But I would I would have a bit of paper, because when I'd go to bed, that's the thing. You know, you'd be hard to switch off, and I'd be thinking of these marketing ideas, thinking, "Shit, I could do this, or I could do that, or I could." Put a sign there, and I'd be trying to write it down, or I email it to myself on my phone to remember to do it. So it's and that's the other tip I've got too is that you know, especially if you are new, you've you've always got to be networking. Um, so you know, like I say, you know, I had the car sign written in the early days, and then when I felt I was, I didn't, I wanted to be a little bit more incognito and. You know, I got the wife's car sign written, and and but you've always any, your dog sponsored by yeah Craig yeah. Pope. <laughs> I tell you, I could, I could get some dog coats. Maybe done yeah. it, but this is but, Rex
0: brought to you by Craig Pope <laughs> yeah, Mortgages. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, have, you know, there's so many different things you can do, and and but the key thing is like is especially when you are getting a name for yourself and you're out there in the community. Literally, every time you jump in your car and you go anywhere, you're you've got to be. Networking you can't cut so. people off if you got
0: a branded car. No, no, that's <laughs> the other thing too.
1: Road rage. You, you know, and be careful what you you put on. Um, commenting on posts on social media, like you you see some absolute muppets writing stuff on community pages, and you think oh, I'm going to rip into this idiot, and you think Oh shit, no, been not because my name's on it. You know, you've just there's just you've just got to be thinking that there's some stuff you can't as you build up your profile. You've got to be careful of... um, That's when you start making
0: aliases.
1: Oh, I didn't think about that. See, you know, younger generation, yeah. (laughs) I must get my kids to show me how to do (laughs) that. Yeah, only if you use it
0: for good, though. Uh, Uh, With great power comes great (laughs) responsibility. The other thing I want to talk about, because we're kind of jumping around a wee bit here, but um, marketing is something that can be quite hard. I know attribution is a, a big challenge for marketers. Attributions finding out where your leads are coming from a partner works in marketing, I think there's specialist companies that actually do that for you. Yeah. What what things from when you first started running a marketing strategy, you know, you're putting that 10, 15%, what, what parts worked and what didn't now that you've kind of, you've done it a couple of times and maybe kind of transitioned yeah. um, through different stages of marketing like Google compared to billboards?
1: Yeah, it's it's a really good question um, because, you know, as you're, and especially as your turnover starts increasing, the temptation to throw money at stuff that you don't don't need to. And you're getting all these phone calls, every man's dog's ringing you up to advertise and stuff. And, I mean, obviously the simple thing is, is, is some things, if you don't know how to do it, get somebody to show you what's converting on Facebook. And But even then it's, uh, you know, it might not be 100% accurate, but other stuff, it's really just asking people how they heard about you. Um but the yeah, the, the difficult thing is your is how do you, you know, control that that spend and I would be lying if I said I didn't throw stuff at especially when when, you know, newspapers would ring up and say, Oh, we've got this special on Do you want just to do you? it? You know, and yeah, yeah, just go for it. And before you know it, you know, there's three or five hundred bucks there, there and everywhere. So I think, you go for things that are a little bit more continuous. Um, Repetition, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I do a little bit of radio. It's not much. It's like, you know, $300 mm. odd dollars a month, okay? And then I do a – I've got this little ad in the local newspaper that comes out weekly. It's on the front page, but it's just a small one. Again, repetition. So try to get that repetition. You know, the open home signs out every week, repetition. I had a sign on State Highway 1 and Pai Kokariki when the old road was open and it was like bugger all. It was like – 600 bucks a month or something, but millions of people saw it. You know, I got stuck in traffic down that road. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Friday night, just about every night, you know, they got to see my ugly mug (laughs) on there looking at them, you know, and it's. I think I need a mortgage, yeah. (laughs) Totally, you know, but it's pick things that are a repetition. Um, I guess the hard thing for newer people starting out is, you you know, as my turnover grew, I wasn't afraid to spend money but you've still, you know, you've got to be careful. There will be stuff you spend money on, you look back and I think, oh, why did I? Well, what are some examples of that that you've found? And again, it might yeah. w- not work
0: for you, but work for others, but good um, to hear
1: it. Uh, quite often the one-off print print things. Um, things like, and some things start being okay, but then don't, like I did a couple of home shows, maybe three home shows in, um at the stadium, like they had the Home and Garden Show, um, but it just ended up being, you know, Big by time the, suck as well. Yeah, as well, you know, mm. there's just time, like Friday to Sunday. Um, you'd have your posters, brochures, um, the fee for the stand, your time, and in the end, Follow I was looking, up. yeah, in the end, I was looking at the leads coming in, and I was thinking the return on investment. So Sometimes you've got to try it and some things are obvious like that. Um, food show, I had a stand at uh, our Capity Food Show um, for a couple of years. First year was okay. second year it was almost I was like one of, you know if you're one of the sponsors, you've got a, a stand, but then you' sort of people are walking around thinking you're, you're not a f- selling food. What, yeah. are you, what the hell are you doing here? I don't want a mortgage. I want a hot dog. Um, Stuff frying some sausages up. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. again, it's just like <laughs> I also do mortgages. <laughs> it, it, those, I know. It's like uh, it's having the. If you're going to do something like that, it's got to be something with a well factor and um, in and it, it, there's peripheral cost. Um, actually, another thing I did was um, was a chance to win a car, so. Actually, first it was $20,000, and then I had a, a car, so it was a chance to win. So you pay oh. an, an insurance premium, I forget what the company's called, um, so you'd pay them, if it was a $40,000 car, then the premium was maybe 10% of that, maybe 44000 or something like that. So what it was is that you had this real well-factor wow prize, but it was a chance to win, so you're, you would draw out the winning client, and then they would have a 100 envelopes that they would choose. And one of those envelopes, that would have the the winning envelope wow. for the car. So it gave you a bit of a well factor without having to stump up a 40 grand car if somebody chose the winning envelope. But there is a company where you can – now, like you see, there's um, – you'll be surprised, you know, there, it's all over the place where you pay – depending on the risk, you pay a premium so that if the Person wins, then that insurance company pays out. I, I, I dare say there's some, some hole in one competitions around the one in Topor. Typ, typical one, yeah, yeah. Well, they probably make enough cash flow to, to cover it. I, I think mean, it, was a, it
0: was a story that um, Guy Williams he did uh, like a little. I think it's on YouTube. He's like, "Can you win it?" <laughs> and I think he like swims out there in the middle of the night and tries to get
1: the ball. And you can, oh, you can win it, but yeah. Oh, I don't know if anybody it's ever sucked, has. sucked out a bit of my money um, down there. To be honest, it's but, got the um, wow factor. It does. I mean, it's gold, and they probably, for them, the you know they could probably have, you know, I think you win like five or six or seven grand or ten grand maybe on that hole in one now, but they could make it a hundred thousand and pay uh, an insurance premium that if somebody did get it, you know insurance company pays out so that was a bit of a you know and it was that was expensive and you've got to then spend money promoting it and whether whether it actually you know generated any business or not you know out of the norm marginal really.
0: You never, never, It's just hard but uh, one of the one of the best takeaways I got from Nick who works here is he said good management or you know good branding is always just repeating few things often. Yep yep so repetition any time have somebody new, it's, you know, what is the best way they can add value? It's, I don't know, for us it would be like maybe meeting with clients, someone's support team, it's, you know, someone's got a difficult inquiry, pick up the phone, you know? Yeah. Just just constantly like hammering those points into the point where they get it and then you can start focusing on something else and it works in a similar vein of marketing. Need a mortgage?
1: Craig Pope. Totally, you know, and it's, it's, again, it's some, you know, it's not for the lighthearted, you know, and again, other people, know, I guess I was a little bit lazy and and thought I'll just throw money at this and then build up and then you just you've got to be good at what you do and, and just have a real you know really good service proposition. So we had a good service proposition. We were good at what we did. So we did generate leads and then you know from there, once you build a good client base, then you're you've got you know, that marketing to them to get those referrals. and um, You can almost pull back on some of it and just to remarketing to your existing database. Yeah, yeah, and that was where we, we kind of got a couple of years out from, two or three years out from when I sold the business, you know, I was looking at thinking I could probably pull back here but, you know, then I hired, a, you know, loan writers and a couple of salaried people to take up that slack.
0: Are you using Trail? There's a, a part in there where you can set where you've met them from?
1: From a, as a marketing, yes, lead? yes, I need to add in because can you add in, you can add in custom yeah, ones? Yeah, I need to need to do that because I want to uh, see end of the year. Yeah, want to see where they all came <laughs> from, and then we'll do a bit of a, a re. I oh, know, no. I uh, no, it's uh, I mean, that's it, it's something you've always got to say, and and the, the funny thing is, you get people referring you that you. are you know, you don't even know who they were, but they might have know somebody of somebody or they'd seen something on a Facebook forum or seen your signs and, you know, it's 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 funny. It's good and bad, but, you know, I'll be out with my kids and, you know, I'm saying hi to people all the time and they go, Dad, geez, you know everybody. And even if we go,
0: you know, something even like we it. might
1: be out of town and it's like, how do you know that person? It's like, oh, just a, somebody I know. It's do you quite remember funny. everybody? It's funny maybe it's an age thing I I do most most I remember faces better than I remember names now and it's uh but it's nice you know you you go out and you 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 always see people And the kids find it funny it's um i say oh dad for goodness sake you you know everybody and it's I put them on a billboard once the kids and the dog and like <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was quite good, but they, they said, "Oh, Dad, that's not cool. Can you take us off that that billboard?" <laughs> what did the billboard say? Oh, I was just, you know, you know how you have kids for sale. You know, you know kids and you <laughs> know a bit of you know. the, you know, the wife was look, looking. She was. Did I have the wife in there as well? No, better be careful what I say. No, I just <laughs> had the kids and the dog. Just had the kids and the dog. You know, because nice little family, you know, fluffy photo and, and, you know, just to, and personalize it as well. You know, it's just having, you know, but, and and it's social media is hard because to be fair, mortgages are pretty boring, you know, it puts most people to sleep. So actually having something interesting, yeah, having something (laughs) interesting on your, your socials and, and, um, and, you know, personality, I think people, you know, looping right back to the
0: start. People usually—it's great having a, a brand and a business, but yeah. you know, ninety-nine times out of hundred in this industry, people are going to the person, not the brand of the business.
1: Oh, totally. You know, and and be careful what you put on there. You know, it's uh, and if you post something and it's only had a you know one or a couple of likes, then it's like, well, why didn't that get get more traction? And quite interestingly, um, you know, actually a good example of watching what you put on there. I mean, I, a couple of people in there you know, their LinkedIn or what have you recently put that, you know, that, oh, the, the gate had opened for pre-approvals again, you know, and it was just a... Swiftly shut. It was a rookie error, you know, really if you're an advisor and, uh, you know, I say this not in a mean way, but if stop and think, you know, the chances of that Westpac pre-approvals for new-to-bank clients, that was never going to last, you know. It was So to put something in your – I mean, you want to put out good news, I get it, but just think, is this likely to last? No. So be careful putting it on your social media because now you've said to everybody that, hey, first-time buyers, there's great news, and if you mention Westpac, well, that's probably not a a good idea either. And then all of a sudden you're going to look like a dick because it's actually been – the plug's been pulled and – yeah, so I mean, I don't know why Westpac did it. It's a shame because they, you know, they the idea, uh, they're trying yeah. to help people, you know, help us, and but um, yeah, yeah, you could see what was going to happen. And I think that's yeah. they have still got it though, but it's just for um, existing probably just clients. for li- live deals, live deals, and, deals for and, and you know, it's and it's tough for the banks. It's tough for us because we're you know we're all the house prices have dropped. Yeah, interest rates have gone up. We're trying to help these first home buyers, but it's just like you know the Reserve Bank just loosen it up a bit and and you know it's it was bloody interesting
0: um sort of dating we, we release the podcast sometimes we pre-record them and do them later but yeah we were at a conference <laughs> yesterday and i think you know john bolt from the squirrel is one point that i thought was really good and he said it was um when the bot when the when the market's at the bottom you know and interest rates are quite low they're giving out too much money yeah but then when you get to the, the top of the interest rates let's say we're at the peak around the 6.49 mark yep. most of the main banks are at the moment. They're not giving out enough because that servicing rate's two percent higher. Yeah, yeah. So we sort of they need to like meet somewhere in the middle, and I thought that was such a, oh, such a it's, point. You know, he articulated it really
1: well. And it's it it you know it's it's un, it, there's, it's it's not quite fair, is it? It's, it's um you know, in the servicing rates, I mean again what's the average rate over a long period of time 7% or something like that probably need to check the RBNZ records but you know the banks could do worse than sort of having 7% maybe is their average test rate maybe there's that probably could throw it must some be other
0: hard for them though like setting oh, that
1: yeah yeah and 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 look you know we look and I, you know I do look at people's budgets at the moment and think shit how do you live you know just you know, I want to get you this loan, but I'm looking where you're spending your money. And you've got, they might have two kids, and I know how kids suck money out of me bloody bludgers, aren't they? And you know, and my son's texting me all the time, Dad, can I have money for this, money for that? <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> like, dude, you know, and he does bugger all work <laughs> around the house, and he gets a little bit of pocket money, but you should yeah. be like, I gave you that money for that marketing, <laughs> when I put on the billboard, <laughs> where's, <laughs> no, where's that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, did I pay them for that? No, I think I did. I'm sure they got some money out of that. Um, But, you know, it's just, (laughs) it's hard because, you know, know, I just look at people's position and it's, you know, I just really feel for them that, you know, they've got to borrow this amount but I look at their expenditure and, you know, I'd hate to look at my bank account, to be honest, um, in great detail but I look at other people's and I think, you know, you've really got to, got to peg it back and yeah over 8% test rates a little bit unfair um, but it's, it's
0: risk mitigation yeah how, how do you educate clients or put them on a straight and narrow when they are overspending and how do you do it Wow. Well, yeah. at scale and that's efficient
1: for you and you're not kind of it's spending a lot of time on it I know it's it is it can be delicate because some people you just look at it and you think what the you know in they might be on good incomes, but you know they're getting their nails done. I won't say if it's a male or female, but they're getting their nails done and spending, you know, fifty bucks a week on that. And they're doing this and that, and spending, going to all these. And to be honest, a lot of they they probably don't realise a lot of the time. Um, so I'll just delicately say, look you know, looking through your statement, and sometimes I'll even send them a bit of the alien summary that says where they're spending all their money and and just say, look, you, you really need to probably peg it back in certain areas. And look, one thing I, I don't buy into this, if you give up coffee, you'll save shitloads of money on your mortgage. Bugger off, I won't do that myself. So don't go banging on to people. If you don't buy a coffee or two coffees every day, you'll... You'll save forty grand on your no bugger off. I'm not going to do it, so I don't preach it to anybody because you're still got to have some some things some, you enjoy some some things you enjoy, you know. And it and and this is where and I'm di- digressing slightly with some of these you know companies that show if you do this you'll save two hundred thousand dollars on your mortgage. <sighs> bugger off! How can you ever put and a figure on it? You know you can put a projection, a rough idea, but Holy hell! Life changes one year to another, especially when you've got kids. Your your finances is, is so different. So I really just try hard to simplify it for people and say, look, I'm not tell going to tell you to give up coffee. I'm not going to do it, so I'm not going to tell you to do it. But you do have to look at your look at your expenses. You know, do a you know do, use the banks. You know, pull into Excel and just. Just look at it. If nothing else, have a look at it. I can send you a summary. Just be aware of where it's going, so that when you are, you know, when you're in that shop and you've got that impulse purchase of getting that new seven hundred dollar barbecue, you know, do I actually need it? Let's just go away and think about it for a day or two, and then, you know. And in terms of saving money on your mortgage, I just say, just you know, put in more than the minimum. Put in as much as you can afford. It's easier with people with high income, and you know you can really rattle their cage. But you know people with yeah, their like, budgets, mm. you know. And sometimes, like, look I, again, I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I used to like the girls in the office used to laugh because the typical thing they would hear from me was, you know, I'd be saying to somebody, "Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this," and I would just give them some some straight up advice. And and again, you know, I'll, I'll say to people, look, "You've you've got to, you know, you've got to do this, this or this." get to 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 that um,
0: just setting goals and then steps along the way it's yeah uh, I think it's a cliche you know the don't want to sugarcoat it but yeah I think people do respect that straight up yeah being told you know they come to you you're probably more of an authority figure if you've you know proof is in
1: the pudding oh, you've bought your exactly own home, so. and, and look and you know we we're trying to help people reach their property goals and 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 it, it does hurt sometimes because you'll get these people, and I've just had one yesterday, you know, they've got three kids and, you know, and they want to buy a house and, you know, they're looking at an $800,000 house and their borrowing power is like 250000 So, you know, it's, it's sad, but I say to them, look, you know, while one of you is working full-time and the other one's barely part-time, and you're young. You don't have to do this right now. Just here's what you've got to do. Just the last thing you want when you've got three kids, even if I could get you the money, is a big, you know, effing massive mortgage hanging over your head. Just be patient. Renting's not the end of the world to get from A to B. And look, if you've got a, you know, if you've got three kids, just that stable home life, living close to schools and support network is more important than getting. On the head, moving as a kid. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's more important than getting on the property ladder. Don't be so fixated. Got to get on the property ladder. Got to get on the property ladder. Don't. You don't have to. Not right now. There will come a time. Just you've got three young kids. Jesus, that's a challenge in itself. Just build up. Don't keep away from debt. Just keep building up your savings. And when you're a bit older, a bit more self-sufficient, and you're on two incomes, then life will be a bit easier. I mean, the you know, good example is that, you know, in the last year or two, properties have skyrocketed and you've got all these kids that are racing to get on there get on there whereas if they just held back and be patient things have bottomed bottomed out pretty much in a lot of areas so you know it's it's you you, you want to help everyone but you can't but sometimes it's just saying look you you just it's not a good idea to try and do it now don't feel disheartened this is what you need to do um, and that's you, you know and, and and quite often you get People who, are, you know, they might be single and, you know, around 60-year-old and they've got a good, you know, deposit but income might not be massive and, it, uh, you know, it could be that they want this house but can only afford that one and it's like, well, if you don't, you know, if you, uh, you know, you, you want this but really you can only afford this so, you know, maybe it is just getting a cost-effective rental and, and investing that money that you've got wisely if we can't get you on the ladder to... You know, and it, it's just being upfront with people. And um, but you know, again, I always give them how to get to the solution. Or um, but you know, there's just I, I guess as I've got older and grumpier and 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 well, you got less grumpy. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's because I'm I'm a one man <laughs> band again. That's uh, but no, it you know, but I'm passionate about it. You know, you still I think I don't think there's an advisor out there that isn't. We don't do this to if you're doing this. And you haven't got that empathy, and that was something that that I always, when I very first started in two thousand and five, I thought, man, I, this, I'm earning good money, and and all I have to do is give good customer service and actually care about, you know, care about the punters, you know, and that's you know the empathy. And again, you're if you're out and about, you're always networking. You're always got that empathy. You you care about people, and I whilst I give people you know, not necessarily the news they want to hear when I'm talking to them, meeting with them, you know, it's because I care about them and, and you know, and I think that's the thing we've got bogged down with um, admin. We've become a little bit, you know, I think well, we've all got the same problem. You get so bogged down with admin, you don't get as much time to, you know, handhold the punters unless you've got really good systems and processes and tons of staff. But, it, you know, yeah, it's a challenge these days to really... You know, have the you don't get as much time because you're too busy writing. You know, having to do all the admin work. I think that's something that's a little bit, you know. Whilst I, I it's been years since I've been to see somebody in their house. You know, I used to. You know, I think we all we've all been there. We uh, rocking up to somebody's house at seven thirty at night. Probably the last thing, last place you want to be when you want to be at home watching Coronation Street because you've (laughs) you've had a you know twelve hour day. You know, doing admin or whatever, or having meetings, and then, but you know, I always came away, and I still do come away from meeting people with with a good feeling. You know, it's so nice meeting people, and you're you're helping them, and they appreciate that, that you've got that. And as you get a bit older and a bit more life experience, you you can you can add more. I guess that's the the thing that some of the younger brokers have got to be patient to learn is getting that that life experience to so, be able to add that extra time. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Give but it's time. it's just a shame these days we're we're you know we're we're so uh, you know and and but at the same time that's where we have to be not afraid to say no to people or if it's a small loan where you can you know it's a top up and you you're weighing up it's like we're you know a small top up you want to bring a new client on board potential referrer but at the same time all the information you need for that small top-up's the same as you, you need for a, a million-dollar house. So it's thinking, well, how am I going to approach this? Because really I know this is going to take a few hours versus what I'm going to get get paid. And I think that's the, you know, the hard thing these days is how we handle that. And I think there's been times when I've looked at it and I've said, I can help, but I'm going to have to charge X amount just purely because of the work involved. But if it's somebody that's been referred, I might not. Do, do that I might just have do it in it. your back
0: pocket though yeah
1: it, and that's a conundrum we, we all face and it, it all comes with just pre qualifying people and I do it on the phone as you know as much as possible you know because literally with a few probing questions you know I'll, I'll know where something is going to go yeah Um, we've touched on a lot of like great topics
0: I think the buying, selling, a, a business part is uh, something a lot of advisors be really interested in. Um, the marketing aspect again, <laughs> so so good to touch on it because it's one of those really challenging parts. Everybody knows they should do, but it's just hard to know where to start. Yeah. Um, if advisors want to reach out to you, like how, how do they find
1: you? Oh, look, I yeah, um, Craig Pope. Oh, if you Google me, you'll find me. It's um, Craig Pope Financials, my new website. Um, Driving through Piakariki, you'll see you yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's not there anymore because the transmission gully. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. my, my key marketing jewel in the crown is <laughs> is gone. But um, you know, look it, again. I'm I'm almost sick of listening to myself waffling on the last hour. But if if you know if I I love passing on that that because we're on the same boat, you know. And that was a good thing about the conference yesterday. Just meeting people that that. Uh, you know, some people had known for years and years and hadn't got around to catching up and I think that's something we've missed in the industry is these mortgage-broking catch-ups and if you're not, and I do, you know, if the newer advisors out there, you know, embrace these things, you know, there's, you know, the business that bought my business, they weren't members of the the, um, Financial Advice New Zealand and still aren't and I just say, why are you not a member of that organisation? This is... You know, they're advocating for us. Don't just look at it and say, oh, what am I getting for my 60 bucks a month? Oh, seriously, just be part of the industry and support something that's trying to support us. You know, get to the conferences, you know, just support, support you guys, support the aggregate. Just get out there and get amongst it. Um, you know, I, I didn't have time to take a day out. I've got a million emails piling up on my, but no, I've got a, support the industry, get to this conference and and you know, it's it's worth it. If nothing else, just to get out of the office. <laughs> yeah, That's, have yeah, um, of of yeah, have a break. Yeah. always go and get that gift for your wife. Yeah. Hope she's not watching. But no, you know, and, and yeah, happily I just love waffling on about the industry. Yeah. I think there's there's
0: so much in here
1: um, that advisors will really love. And uh, you
0: know, I've probably gone over a little bit more than <laughs> what we normally do, but you know what? You know, it's 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 evergreen content, and a lot of it will apply in years and years time. So I think advice will really get value out of this. So I, I really appreciate you coming yeah. here and giving up your time to to do this. I know you could have got your your PA to come in and sit down and have a conversation <laughs> on your behalf, but uh, it was I think it was it was great, Craig.
1: No, no, really, really loved it. Like I say, I've done the whole full circle, and it's 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 great being back to you know back to being a one man band and you know doing all my own duty work and <laughs> buy my wife her, her presents <laughs> <laughs> if I can remember her birthday or oh, wedding on, anniversary
0: chuck it, chuck it in your calendar
1: um, I can hear my dog on the outside <laughs> of the door she, that's
0: probably a good signal that it's time to yeah, uh, take her no, out happy to help um, yeah uh, pleasure and cool. look forward to seeing you the next part of your journey sounds good cheers